This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first-time homebuyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today, our special guest is Eric Bramlett. He is the owner of Bramlett Residential, a top-performing real estate brokerage in Austin, Texas. Widely regarded as an industry innovator, Bramlett has developed new systems and proprietary technologies to help his agents gain efficiencies and become industry leaders. He is a multi-year winner of the Austin Business Journal Residential Real Estate Award and is in the top 1% of agents in the United States. Eric, welcome onto the show. We're so excited to have you. Thank you, Allison. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited about today's topic because there's so many challenges, you know, when we think about today's real estate market, what exists out there. Um, Eric's going to give us kind of a good rundown of things we need to keep our eye on and know about, but there's so many opportunities that exist too and so many ways to do things. And as I mentioned in his bio, um, you know, you're an innovator, you have a ton of great ideas and new ways of doing things. So I'm really excited to, to be hearing your perspective on, on where we are in the industry and hearing what you recommend, you know, agents to do to really get over uh, some of the challenges that we experience. But before we get started into all of that, I would like to hear a little bit about you, how you got started in real estate. Um, did you always know this was something you wanted to do? And maybe a little bit about uh, what you do now, you know, as owner of uh, Brilliant Residential and give us a little bit of your background story and bring us up to speed on where you are now. Yeah, definitely. So I kind of fell into real estate uh, 2003. I didn't really, never really thought that I would be in the business for that long. I uh, ended up getting pretty serious about it in 2008 because I had to. It's whenever the market took a turn, a uh, great financial crisis. And then I always joke that I, I decided I wanted to be in real estate in 2011 after I'd been in the business for, you know, call it eight years. It was a top producing agent for a number of years, uh, then grew that to top producing small team. We were actually uh, number one mid-sized team and the number one large team in Austin in 2017 and 2018. Today, we're, we're a mid-sized boutique brokerage. Uh, we have 85 uh, agents and staff differentiates us a little bit is that um, we have a, a pretty high production per agent. So our agents average uh, 10 million in annual production. We try to uh, focus on you know, efficiencies. We try to, to work as smart as we also work hard. And, and yeah, that's us. I love, love what I do now. 
help the agents just uh, just do better. So Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's cool that you're in Texas because I think you get to understand a little bit about uh, us here in Ohio, especially in Austin. I know Columbus, you know, where Ohio Realtors is located is constantly being compared as like the Midwestern Austin. Um, so I think, you know, some of your experience and, and what you're seeing in your market can um, relate to, to what we're seeing and experiencing here in Ohio. So I think, you know, I'm excited uh, that, that we kind of had that in common. And I think it's going to make for a really great um, episode. So let's just kind of dive in. Um, we know that cash deals are accounting for 26-ish percent, uh, so more than a quarter of the real estate market right now. Um, in your opinion, why? And, and for people that don't know, I always like to kind of, um, you know, just start with the basics. Why are cash offers so appealing to home sellers? Yeah, the main reason is a reduction in risk. So, you know, you don't have to worry about about appraisal. Uh, you don't have to worry about, you know, a borrower losing a job or a borrower uh, not not getting approval. So they on paper, cash deals are supposed to be more of a sure thing. Uh, they can close. They can close faster. Uh, that's not always a benefit, and it's one that I think is overstated. You know, if somebody lives in the home, it can almost be a negative uh, to say we're going to close in two weeks. You can't get a lease back and whatnot. But I think the, the primary reason that people like cash offers is that there's a higher percentage chance that they they will close or that they won't fall out due to financing. It's great, you know, to have these cash offers. And we always hear, you know, cash is king, always good to, to, to be having this. But this can become a problem for, for some homebuyers that are out there. Why is it a problem for homebuyers that we are seeing such a big percentage of the real estate market being these cash deals? People need a place to live, right? And uh, that's the primary reason anybody buys a home. Most of the cash offers are investment deals. And they can push out a traditional owner-occupant buyer. Most owner-occupant buyers, are, they don't pay cash. And so when you compete with cash deals and maybe the fact that it's cash is overemphasized, uh, you can lose out. And that's what we try to help our finance owner-occupant buyers overcome. In your opinion, do you think we're seeing a big influence of investors in the market today? Where does that kind of stand, you know, in, in your opinion and in your experience? And um, if that's the case, do you think this is going to continue on this trend? Or what do you think the investor-heavy market's going to look like? Yeah, you know, right now, there, there are a lot of really qualified investors in the market. It is a buying opportunity. Uh, there are a decent number of buyers who are sitting out because the the high interest rates. Yeah, you do see savvy investors in the market right now, and they are a decent percentage. Uh, there are what are called institutional investors. This is where these big funds come in, and they'll, they'll a lot of times buy up entire neighborhoods. Investors in general have identified just how low risk single family residential is and how consistently it appreciates. And so it's a, it's kind of a safe haven investment, I guess you could say. And uh, it's a long investment, but that's that's why I think you see more cash investors today. I'm sorry, cash buyers today is because there are more investors. Yeah. And I mean, is it, does it even give our home buyers who, as you mentioned, you know, do go through more traditional financing is there even a way that, you know, we can compete? Like, is there hope for those people out there? If, you know, how do I compete with all cash offer? How do I compete with an investor who, you know, has kind of unlimited funds in some senses? Um, you know, how, what do our everyday average home buyers do, you know, when, when we know we have these investors in the market right now? Yeah, there's a lot that you can do. It requires, a really good agent. It requires, uh, you know, going above and beyond uh, that that agent go above and beyond. You want to make sure that you have a, an airtight mortgage pre-approval. So 
you know, use a local lender is what we generally recommend. Somebody that the that the listing agent can call. Um, if that person has a good reputation in the market, then obviously it it, it will uh, reduce that gap in concern. You know, if you have their their lenders in Austin, for example, that have been in the business for 20, 30 years that have really phenomenal reputations. And, you know, if you have an experienced listing agent who knows those lenders, then they'll say, oh, yeah, well, it's not cash, but uh, it's close to cash because this lender is so is so good. So um, that'd be number one is that I'd recommend a really, really strong pre-approval from a local lender. Yeah, yeah. That's always a good place to start. You know, absolutely. When you're thinking about buying a home, if you're financing, contacting, you know, getting that pre-approval letter, finding, you know, that that strong mortgage lender, as you uh, mentioned, I think is, is really important. And I want to go back to about investors and kind of what we're seeing in trends in the market. I read something the other day that said um, that there's going to be a lot of foreign investors that are buying in the U.S. and that the higher mortgage rates are not scaring away, you know, those foreign investors and that they are still planning on investing money here on on U.S. soil. Is that something that you're seeing, too? And what what does that look like from a sense of international um, investors coming in? We see a lot of cash buyers from international investors, right? And so... It a lot of times they they want to hedge out of their market. So if you're in you know China or something like that, there's a lot of Chinese money and uh, vastly different economies. And if you're an investor, you have a lot of money that you need to put in you know put in the market. Uh, it makes sense to diversify into other you know into other economies. So yeah, that is something that we see. And they're buying the types of homes that would compete with like the average uh, U.S. you know. First time home buyer, you know, uh, people moving. Is that kind of what, what you're seeing? Those investors are looking at the same properties that, um, you know, our U.S. buyers are looking at? We kind of see them across the board, but they do like single family residential a lot. And, you know, I, I, for example, if you want to put money into the you know U.S. real estate market, it's a pretty safe and pretty easy decision to buy a newer property uh, in, in a, you know, well-known and liked neighborhood. Uh, you're not going to have a lot of uh, a lot of expenses in the way of repairs or anything like that for the first five years. Um, so it's a it's a relatively safe, relatively easy investment. So yeah, I think it's good for you know our consumers out there listening and our realtors listening, you know, to to understand you know what are some of the people that they might be up against, you know, when it comes to if there's multiple offers and things like that. And are we still kind of seeing this situation where it's multiple off- offers on a property? I know it was so hot, you know, for so long during COVID and, and you know, properties were, were seeing unprecedented, you know, multiple offers um, on, on them. Is that still a trend that we're seeing? And, and should we be preparing, you know, as realtors, should we be preparing our clients to be in a multiple offer situation? You know, we did set the expectation I mean, this is a year ago, two years ago, whenever we had the the insane sort of pandemic demand, you did expect multiple offers. Uh, it was a it was a, an edge case if you didn't receive multiple offers a couple of years ago. Um, it's definitely not the same now. Um, we're in a bit of a downturn, but we're in a, a weird downturn in that there's not a lot of inventory. So the demand has definitely decreased due to the higher interest rates. But the supply has also decreased due to the higher interest rates. So you have sellers that are in a 3% mortgage and they're not motivated to list because if they list, then they have to go buy another property at, you know, 8%. So you would typically like in the, in the, the 2008 to 2012 recession, uh, there was so much inventory and you'd never saw really didn't see multiple offers often at all. And, and now they're relatively common. I mean, you don't expect them, but you certainly want to be prepared 
that they can happen. And and for a buyer, an owner occupant buyer, you know, the home that they choose is a really personal decision. And and if they pick a property they're going to make an offer on, certainly there are others to choose from. But if they really love that home, then they need to be prepared to work through that multiple that multiple offer situation. Definitely. It's always good to be, you know, prepared. I you know, like you said, we were in such a crazy time during COVID. And while it's calm down a little bit. I think, you know, if interest rates, you know, start going inching down, you know, maybe sometime next year is what I'm hearing. You know, some economists predict that, you know, we'll get out of the the eight and seven range, maybe sometime next spring or summer. Are we going to start seeing that multiple offer again? And, and more of these investors who are sitting on the sidelines, you know, maybe waiting out. Do you think we'll start to see a big influx if we get those mortgage rates down a couple points? Yeah, I think it will happen. You know, you see seasonality every year where the, the market always picks up in the spring and summer. And I expect that next year as well. I think it will be slightly better in 2024 than it was in 2023. And when rates do start to come down, remember that, you know, perception is everything. So we've been in a, you know, seven and a half to eight, eight and a half percent environment for a while now. And if rates come down into the low sevens, that feels like a good interest rate, right? People's memories are usually not super long. When they finally get down into, I, I hope, hopefully they'll be down into the sixes again, you know, by 2025. And when that happens, I think that you'll see a lot of pent-up demand enter the market. going to be something to, to keep an eye on uh, for sure. But knowing all of this and knowing what we're up against, I think it's important to give, you know, listeners out there, realtors out there, hope that it is still possible, you know, to compete uh, with some of these all cash offers, some of these investors, um, that it is possible, right? And, and you've seen success with some of your clients, I'm sure, in making this happen, um, despite what they're up against, you know, from the other side. Um, and you mentioned, you know, the importance of getting pre-approved and having that strong support letter from your mortgage uh, loaner. But what are some of the other best strategies that, you know, we can put into place to make sure that our offer is going to shine? Absolutely. So you want to remember that the the buyers, I'm sorry, the sellers are concerned primarily with price and also with the likelihood that the deal will close. So they, they want a sure deal and they want a good price. So, you know, oftentimes these cash deals don't come in quite as high. They lean on the fact that they're cash. Um, so hopefully, you know, you're competing on on price. You can compete and show them that you are as sure or a more sure deal than a cash offer by highlighting the benefits of, you know, working with your, you, you know, you as the agent, uh, working with um, an owner occupant versus an investor. So you want to call the listing agent. That's something that a lot of agents just don't do, right? I've seen so many times that an agent has a good offer they need to present. And they literally just, you know, email it over and then maybe send a text message to tell them it's there. Phone call to give them a call. It's really important for the buyer's agent to build some rapport with the listing agent to communicate how reasonable you are as an agent. You can explain to the, you know, explain to the listing agent how you do things. You know, you can explain to the agent how you've educated the buyers, how strong the buyers are. And then it's a really good idea to go ahead and send an agent introduction letter. And what that is, is that's a generally a pretty succinct letter that explains who you are, years of, your years of experience, the team that you're working with, which usually includes the mortgage lender, you know, anybody else you're working with and and just how competent you are. And when you have a very competent buyer's agent on a transaction, there's a higher likelihood that transaction will close. And most listing agents will realize that. And oftentimes a listing agent will prefer to work with a financed offer with a really good buyer's agent on it versus a cash offer with an agent who's maybe not as communicative and maybe not as competent. And that will definitely get back to the, the sellers and that will come into play with their decision. 
This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. I think that's really important, you know, to highlight because when we talk about the value of a realtor and just what we bring to the table and it's almost more important now than ever, you know, with some of the legal challenges the industry is facing and things like that, that we are really showcasing the value to our clients. And if we're able, you know, to say like, I, you may have a better chance at getting the home you want if you work with me and here's why, because I am all of these things, because I am, you know, so competent because I can build a great relationship, uh, you know, with the realtor who is the listing agent on the house. I mean, wow, that that is just a great way, um, you know, to show the value. You know, when we think about um, buyers agents and and what they might be faced against in the in the coming years. So I think that that is a really great bit of advice. You know, use this as a way to show your clients, like, you know, this is why you know I am worth <laughs> hiring because I, I bring all this to the table. So I think that's really a cool opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, whenever you write down for yourself, like like what you do in these scenarios and, and how you present offers, one, it helps you do things, you know, in a good way. You're really thinking about it, but you're documenting your system and you'll make sure and do it the same way every time. And that's really key, you know, making sure that you have a really strong system for presenting offers. Um, it'll come back to you in spades and it'll help your it'll help your buyers have a great experience. And I know another one of the things you talked about too were, were other types of letters. So, you know, we have the buyer uh, letter, the agent letter, uh, you know, to, to the seller's agent. But what about the clients themselves? What are some things that they can do or communicate with, um, you know, that, that can help their offer shine? There are... Uh... You know, buyer letters to to the sellers, and those can be a bit contentious because of because of fair housing. They they are allowed, right? And you just have to be careful that that uh, you stay within fair housing. Most of the time, sellers love the house, right? I mean, this most of the time you're buying from another owner occupant who's maybe raised a family there, who has had some good memories there, um, and they like to know that the buyers are also going to enjoy the house and really love it. Investors, it's really easy to you know maybe not like dislike investors, but to, you know, not, not be super excited about, Oh, this house that I love for a lot of years is not going to be a rental. That's probably not going to be cared for things like that. Um, and that's implicit. You don't have to go out and say like, Oh, well, I'm not an investor. So yada, yada, but you can talk to them about what you plan to do, you know, how long you plan to live there, why you love the house, and sort of appeal to their emotion. And a lot of times that'll that'll come back to you. Yeah, not exactly the same warm and fuzzies that you get from an investor versus someone who wants to really make make this investment their home and, and live in it and take care of it uh, for a long time. Anything else home buyers can do to best prepare for, for an investor heavy market? I know we talked about, you know, getting that pre-approval letter, you know, maybe communicating a little bit about their needs, staying in the, the fair housing rules, but anything else that home buyers should do to uh, prepare for this? Well, I mean, this is collaborative with the buyer's agent, but uh, putting together a really good contract, like tight terms, it still obviously needs to protect the buyers. You, know, you still need an inspection period. You know, you want to make sure that you have title review, things like that. Um, but making sure that you have very tight but fair uh, contract terms and and offer a lease back. You know, a lot of sellers, 
uh, moving is stressful, right? And and if you offer somebody a one to two week lease back, a lot of times it makes it really, really convenient. So that's nice. Sometimes people want a longer lease back and offering that up to a seller who really needs that is something that can can definitely uh, turn the decision towards that, towards your buyer. Yeah, these are all just great strategies. And I think it's, it's just great that we're talking about this because like I said, I want to bring hope to people out there who may think like, is, is home ownership even possible? You know, with all everything uh, that we're facing right now in the market with low inventory, as you mentioned, you know, those high interest rates, you know, investors coming in, um, you know, how can we even, is this even possible? Is this even doable? Um, what advice do you have, you know, for, for both those home buyers and um, our, our realtors who are competing in this market? You know, what advice do you give would you give to them and um, what would you say to uh, make their, their dreams stay alive? Yeah, definitely. So an agent can, you know, part, part of the call, like whenever you call the listing agent and we always, always call the listing agent whenever we're putting in offers for buyers, um, highlight the downsides of selling to an investor. You know, you, you can tell them, Hey, listen, you know, I feel like you guys, we're going to feel like it's a, it's a more secure deal because it's cash. Again, highlight the, how strong of an approval you have. But also talk to them about the investors often walk away from deals. You know, they have no they have no uh, utility for the property. They don't need to live there. You know, if if they find a better deal during the contract, they might terminate and go to that other deal. Um, I've found that investors honestly terminate as often or more often than an owner occupant because the owner occupants, again, they have a reason they want to buy it. They need somewhere to live, you know, and I don't think you want to dwell on that, like going and talking about uh, negativity usually is not something you want to lean into that hard, but, um, but there are downsides and making sure that the listing agent understands the downsides of selling to an investor. And the fact that investors do introduce other uncertainties uh, is an important thing to do as an agent. There you go. I think that's, that's great. You know, there is still hope. I want to, I want to make sure, you know, people know that this can still happen. Um, You can still uh, get through and you found success too. I'm sure you have had clients that you've helped, uh, you know, get, get started in this with using some of these strategies. And um, I really think that that's, that's positive news. You know, when we think that this, this can still happen if you do it the right way. Yeah. It's one of those things that buying a home, it, it can be stressful, you know, especially in a high rate environment right now. Um, It doesn't, it, you kind of wonder yourself, like, am I am I making the right move? But if you're gonna live in the area for five years, you know, or more, it, it almost always comes back to you. The investment almost always makes sense. And most home buyers who we've sold houses to, the vast majority, when they look at things in retrospect, they're incredibly happy that they made the purchase. We're in a unique scenario right now because uh, you know prices have. At, in Austin, prices have come down from the peak a little bit. They're down, call it five to ten percent. Um, I'm not sure what's going on in in Columbus, but I'm I'm sure they've you know at least stabilized. And more than likely, whenever rates come down again and that demand enters the market, prices will start coming up again. That's probably what will happen. So if you can make homeownership work today, uh, you can buy at a better price, and then you can refinance uh, in a couple of years whenever the rates come down again. So there's one of the lenders we work with says uh, date the rate and marry the house. And it's kind of cheesy, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Oh, I like that. I've never heard that saying before. That's, yeah. that's kind of a perfect way to to sum up what we're doing right now. Because I was going to ask too, you know, what would you say to those people who are scared, yeah. you know, or or weary of, you know, what 
where the market stands today with with interest rates, with low inventory, with investors? You know, what would you say to people who are maybe on the sidelines or, or fearful of going through a purchase, knowing what we know about the market right now? If you go ahead and, and buy the right house, I mean, obviously don't go out and just buy any house, buy the right house for you. If you make that decision today, you'll more than likely be really happy you made that decision in five years' time. It's it's pretty universal that that uh, home ownership is a good thing, um, feels really good. Uh, you know, I think I think you'll be happy with yourself that you made the decision. Hopefully, no regrets. You know, if it comes to to going through something you want to do, I think that's important to note too that there are still people out there who are going to be motivated to buy a home. You know, and if you still want a home. It, you're still going to do it despite, you know, whatever else is out there. And I think that, you know, it's important to keep going, to not get discouraged out there and to find a good realtor too. I think, you know, it's more more important than ever to, to find a good realtor, find somebody who, you know, is is competent, is professional, is going to bring expertise to the whole process because, you know, you don't want to be doing this alone. And is that something you found too that like, I, I don't know how people buy homes without realtors in today's day and age. <laughs> there, I mean, some people do it, you know, I think it's the same people that, uh, you know, change their own oil. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, there's a great, I mean, if that's what you want to do, go for it. But most of the time, uh, you'll have a much better experience working with an agent. You can certainly save money doing it on your own, but if you care about having a great experience, uh, much higher likelihood that you're going to have a really good experience working with an agent than if you go out it if you go out it alone. So just decide, you know, is the experience important to you? Um, do you want to have some help? Uh, you know, do you want to make sure that you didn't miss anything? Do you want to feel really confident? Uh, most of the time, an agent's going to help you with all of those things. And a really good agent uh, is always going to help you with all those things. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, you know, what the agents bring is. Yes, before and during, you know, the home buying transaction, but after too. I mean, I know people who are still calling their realtors to say, hey, you know, my furnace is dying or, hey, you know, I, I have this problem going on in the house or, hey, do you know a window guy? You know, like I, I think that the value comes beyond the transaction too. And, and what a good, and you mentioned in a good realtor can, can really be there for you throughout the duration of your time, you know, being in whatever property that you end up purchasing, which I think is is good. Well, this was so great, Eric. I want to thank you again for um, coming on the show today, for sharing a little bit more about your experience, your experiences and, and how we make, you know, the average home buyer competitive in today's market. I'm really glad that you shared some of your experiences and strategies that you found successful. Um, and I hope our realtors who are listening and, and any consumers or potential home buyers out there um, listening, you know, feel good and feel positive and um, can walk out of this knowing that um, your dream can still be achieved. That can still happen. You just got to maybe try some new different strategies and ways to do things that you haven't before. So thanks so much, Eric, for coming on the show today. Thank you, Allison. I, I really appreciate you having me on and hope you have a we have an awesome rest of your day. Yeah. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.